Bonjour and welcome to another episode of Street Focus, an ongoing exploration of urban photography. I'm your host, Valérie Jardin. Today is our New Year special, and I've invited my friend and German street photographer Marco Lahousse to join me and share some tips and ideas for the new year. Welcome back, Marco. Hey, thank you, Valerie. Thank you for having me on again. This is my fir fourth time, I think, I uh, know. if I count it correctly. You're uh, almost a regular co-host now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, thanks for having me. How have you been? Besides the cold. <laughs> yeah, besides the cold, maybe the listeners can hear that I have a little bit of a darker voice than I usually do on the, on the podcasts. Um, besides the cold, everything is great. It's a uh, new year uh, starting and uh, excited for things to come in 2016. Yeah. It's always exciting. Uh, to me, it's just uh, I'm excited to have my new calendar on the wall. I have this huge calendar where, you know, I put all my my workshop workshop schedule so I, I you know and I have all the other things the dates that are blocked and now I'm putting the 2017 schedule next to the 2016 next week you know right away because I'm starting to schedule ahead and it's kind of that new beginning you know and new projects new ideas and I just love it you're way ahead of me I, on that I'm way ahead <laughs> well I kind of have to be but You're going to go to Paris soon, right? For yes, actually, I will. By the time this airs, I'll already be back in the States. Uh, uh, I mean, I, uh, from a month from now, I'll already be back uh, by the time this airs. But yeah, mm -hmm. the workshop is January 22nd um, for a weekend workshop. And it's um, I'm really looking forward to it. The weekend workshops are always very international because I get a lot more Europeans on the weekend workshops in Paris than the week long, which are people come. Usually people come from much further, far, further away for the week long so it's always different and paris in january is pretty awesome so i've and, um, never been never or, been in january i think that would be very interesting no it, tourists it is, right well it's all it's uh, much fewer tourists i mean there are always tourists but much fewer it's much more authentic i like it and it really doesn't get that cold usually and uh it's all i mean there is never a bad time to be there anyways <laughs> <laughs> so it's always True. a good time to be in Paris. So I'm really looking forward to that. So that kicks off 2016 already. And then it's every month after that. So it's, uh, it's a busy year. Uh, how about you? How's the podcast going? Oh, podcast is doing great. We Shoot um, Fuji? Maybe, yeah, the, the We Shoot Fuji I'm doing together with Scott Bourne. We, we started uh, sometime, the, I, I think, April in, in 2015. Mm -hmm. And uh, we've, we have a show twice a month and uh, it's doing great. We have a great, great audience. But the only thing is, you know, everyone thinks, oh, we shoot Fuji. It's only about Fuji. But we have we are talking about general photography. We sure. have a great guest on talking about different genres mm -hmm. and uh, giving tips and tricks. So uh, we have a lot of non-Fuji listeners now. So we have to think about uh, what we do there. That's that's good. Yeah, I was on the show and we talked about street photography and such. So it wasn't all about the gear. So for sure yeah. yeah great okay so i think today we'll talk about project ideas you know it's that i'm already starting the new year thinking okay i need to do something different this year i want to add something or 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 maybe stop doing something i've been doing <laughs> you know? mm -hmm. uh, and so i think it's a it, new year is always a good time to make those new year resolution in our photography so um And there are the traditional projects that people do. Have you ever done one of those, one of those 365 or 52 projects, Marco? I have done it a long time ago. I, I did a, a Bokeh Friday tradition oh. for me. So it was a weekly project. During the week, I had to find uh, 
something that I wanted to take a picture of and, and to incorporate the, the, the bouquet, uh, huh. to, to take a picture with, with the bouquet in there. And I've done that for four years straight, wow. 52 weeks a year. And at some time, you, you have, you're having those times in between when you think like, oh, it's Thursday and I don't have anything. Yeah. And you start to cram a beer bottle out. And then, you know, sometime comes, comes the time, someday comes the time when you think, you know, this is, this is more, you know, I've done this so long. For me, it was to practice with Shell Depth of Feel and how to incorporate a good-looking bouquet into, into a shot. Because to me, it's, it's quite, I, I work a lot with, with open aperture, as open as possible. Mm -hmm. And um, photography, the way we look at it, whether it's on a screen or, or in a print, is a, is a two-dimensional medium. But we're living in a three-dimensional world. So, so depth of field for me is very, is a tool that I use to, to give that, that little bit of perspective and depth mm -hmm. and, and three-dimensional into, into the image and focus um, the viewer, help the viewer focus on, on my main subject. So I wanted to practice that. And that was a really, really great practice. But it was uh, sometime in, in the late summer with a friend of mine. We were in Paris because we, we do a trip once a year to a European city. And uh, there was a trip to Paris and we were sitting in a cafe uh, on the bottom cl close to Montmartre. And I was sitting there taking a picture, I think, of a gin tonic. And then I said to the guy, okay, this is the last Bouquet Friday. <laughs> <laughs> and I felt really relieved. I'm happy that I've done it, but yeah. you know, there comes a time when, uh, yeah, I think it's, it's well, over. It's, you it's, could it's write the book on Bouquet now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they called me Mr. Bouquet for some time, but I'm, I'm over that now, Mr. Yeah. Street now. <laughs> and it's fun. I mean, people do the 365 and, and uh, I've seen so many people grow. Uh, their skills through a project like that, but you have to be careful because you you run the risk of it becoming a chore, and then mm -hmm. that kind of becomes counter counterproductive. So, I think the three sixty five when people get into that and they're super committed, uh, beware! It gets you know very few people can finish them, or they do, but they're so sick and tired of it, and I think that defeats the purpose. Don't you think? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. um, when when I think about these personal projects, I think they're great, just like I've done some in the past. I think everyone who's, who wants to improve their photography in 2016 do find a project, because if you don't have a reason to go out there, you're not going to improve, you're not mm -hmm. going to get better. And um, to do a 365 project is, is a really hard work, and I don't know if I would recommend it to everyone unless you, you really think that you can do it. Um, I would I would probably suggest a 52 yeah, a week project is probably easier. You have one week time to to take that picture. You have you can be a little bit more selective, so yes. you don't get out the, the the cup of coffee at night or <laughs> or the flower, you know. Which is okay. You can do that too because it's yeah. part of learning photography. You know, I've done pretty much all genres of photography throughout my life, and you know, I'm now I'm stuck to to the stuff mainly street, which I really like, just like you have found on your way with street. So um, you know, find something manageable, but also force yourself to really do this project by making it public. Mm -hmm. Create, yeah. start a Tumblr blog, I would suggest. Or be in a group, yeah. Or uh, be in a group where yeah. everyone is doing it and help and support each mm -hmm. other. But if you're making it public, then people will, you know, then you feel the pressure a little bit more yeah. not to just stop after after five, four or five weeks. And for you, it's a nice reference if you if you ever want to look back and say, okay, this is what I've done. So yeah, exactly. I think uh, the 365, I think, is great for all-around photography um, because then it's usually after a project like that that people will have to try so many different things that maybe that's when they'll find the thing that really sticks. Um, but if you've if you already know, 
you know, if you're already a street photographer, since that's the audience who's listening to this, you know, um, why do a 365, you know, do a 52 once a week photo, but be very, um, you know, set the bar really high or do like a, a, a portrait a week of a stranger or or a silhouette week or something, but but really set the, the bar higher if it's only one picture a week, which you cannot necessarily do at, at with a 365 or you're just going to buckle under the pressure at one point, don't you think? Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Perfect. That's that's a good suggestion. Yeah. yeah. Raise the bar and do one a week, yeah. one good a week. You take more pictures, obviously, but also you learn to be a little bit more selective in picking the good work. And and make sure it stays fun. And then and then since we're all street photographers listening to this show, um, maybe it's a time to open your field of view and shoot something completely different. Um, like I shoot ordinary objects. My series Ordinary Objects Are Beautiful was supposed to be a 52 when, I don't know, it's been a year and a half now and I'm still doing it. That's because I shoot ordinary objects every day and I just pick one for the week and I post that one. I have a gallery online and it's all about light and making the ordinary look beautiful. And it could be a discarded chair in a back alley. It could be uh, pretty much anything, you know, the, the light coming through my, my vertical blinds. Uh, and, and then of course I mix it with places where I travel because I travel so much during the year, but that has nothing to do with street photography, but you learn so much by, by getting out of your comfort zone and, and doing other things because I think, I mean, nobody needs to be limited to one field of photography. And, uh, and I think maybe, maybe for some, 2016 is the time that they explore other things besides that. Don't you think that it's uh, it's often a good idea and see what else is out there? It is. And mm -hmm. I, I don't know. I don't know many photographers who have really started with street. Uh, sure. It seems like a lot of photographers start with other stuff and then mm -hmm. they, they cross street and then they either like it or they don't like it too much yeah. or that they're afraid. You know, we know all the problems that you can have starting this genre uh, like I had it. And I don't know if, if it was the same for you in the beginning. Um, but uh, yeah, I think... Um, you should, whatever your genre is, even if, if people are just listening to this because they're interested in street photography, find something, go out, take yeah. a camera with you. That's definitely important. This yeah. is something that the, the basic everyone should do in 2016 if you want to improve your photography. Yeah, for sure. And it's not um, because we cannot be out in the street every day. I mean, depending where you live. I mean, right now, you know, we're getting into winter. It's going to be, for me, very cold, snowy and bitterly cold where nobody is going to be on the street. Uh, so you have to to experiment with different things. So um, I also have some ongoing project like my museum, museum goers. So that's street photography, but it's not shot in the street because that's what I do on really, really cold days. I go to museums and I photograph people interacting with art and it can be very funny. And, uh, and sometimes um, there will be silhouettes of people in the museums, you know, by the large windows. So it's, it's street photography, but with a twist. So it's, it's a, a series there is only shot in museum and I set some limitation. It's only square format. I shot, I shoot JPEG square, uh, black and white with yellow filter. So there is a consistency throughout the, the, the series, but it's not a weekly, you know, sometimes I'll get five shots in a week. Sometimes I I'll skip a month, you know, if the weather is nicer and I'm <laughs> outside. So, uh, there's so many different projects you can start to get you out there. 
I suppose you you run into uh, that too when you have to be creative and you know the the the, the weather doesn't cooperate and you have to shoot in, indoors. And as street photographers, at least we can do that. You know, if we landscape <laughs> photographers, there is no way we can escape the elements. Uh, at least we can go shoot in train stations and so forth. So uh, so make it make it a project. I've seen a lot of projects, actually. I may have someone on the show very soon who is working on a sleepy commuters project. And mm -hmm. during their commute to work every day, they photograph people sleeping on the on the train. And how fun! It makes their ride <laughs> to work so much more fun and entertaining. Um, so there. Oh, that 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 person would have a blast in Tokyo. I've <laughs> oh, never really? seen so many people sleep uh, on the trains or in the commuter trains. Uh, that uh, says a lot. <laughs> <laughs> you think they're a little overworked? <laughs> Maybe. <laughs> yeah. So um, and then and then long term projects or or start. Uh, Have you ever done more of a documentary project where you actually include some writing besides just uh, imagery? Um, I have done documentary, but I've never published it uh, with the writing because what I try to do with, is uh, with the documentary that the pictures tell the story. Mm -hmm. And I do like, uh, you know, we are street photographers. We are also in the, in the field of fine art. So I like... Um, the viewer of, of my pictures to try to make up the story. And, you know, as a street photographer, we are capturing little stories yeah. that we see, but we don't know really what's behind it. True. There might be someone walking by where you said, okay, this person looks really sad. And, you know, you can start up with all the different stories that could have happened that day. But in reality, it was just that blink of a moment where someone just looks like that, you know, mm -hmm. it was just timing that, that it happened to appear that way. But I think this is, this is what, what makes uh, street photography Uh, so much fun and you know to me it's an art uh, if you take pictures that, that hide these little stories and yeah. you can make it up and when I when I write something about those images um, then you know the story and you're kind of taking away sometimes the kind of creativity that other people people develop uh, thinking about that image mm -hmm. but um, but it'd be fun to start like a story like uh, a, a following someone um I don't know any anything like um, I was just talking with a friend actually at coffee this morning and her daughter is a ballet dancer. Mm -hmm. And I thought, how fun would it be to kind of go with her to practice and see her practice daily, you know, and document that over a, a certain amount of time. So those are more long term projects that you will get a lot more involved and and really fine tune your storytelling uh, skills that way. So it could be anything. It could be even going to the the animal shelter on a regular basis and, and see, you know, um, you know, do a story or follow a dog, you know, who is in the shelter and then uh, maybe being, uh, you know, the dog is adopted by a family and maybe you can ask if you could uh, come and document how he's doing or things like that. So there are a lot of stories that are just waiting to be told that um, would get the photographer involved in a longer project, I think could be a, yeah. could be a lot that's, of fun that's, too. That's not typical street, you know, no. but, but, but street and documentary is, is a lot It's closer than a lot of people think. Very close, yeah. <laughs> we, we both agree on that. And I think so, a lot of street photographers are really drawn to that mm -hmm. more photojournalist yeah. aspect of it and, and mm -hmm. the documentary aspect of it. Yes. And, and that's more difficult than it looks. Mm -hmm. And and that's that's uh, so so if we if we switch over to the to the uh, storytelling and on that I totally agree with you that's that's a recommendation that I'm making to a lot of people 
who want to improve their photography or we all know that people go out and say, but there's nothing interesting in my city to, to photograph. Go yeah. travel is, is, is the best creative uh, tool that you can have. And I, I don't agree because we don't all, you're lucky you get to travel a lot with, with the workshops that you do. And I do get to travel a little bit, but I don't get to travel all the time. But I still see interesting things, uh, which is not only street photography in the places that I go. So um, what, what I recommend to people when, when, they, when they tell me this, I say, okay, then start at least one story each month. You can follow someone that's a great suggestion, like, like following a typical day uh, to ballet or to a mm -hmm. football practice or something. That's very good. And you'll be very happy that you've done that, especially if it's a person close to you. Or and it's easy kid. to find. Yeah, you can have, yes. you know, permission of the parent yes. because they're friends. Yes, of course, and you, then they get, yeah. they get the images. That's even better. <laughs> yeah, yeah, they get the images and you get to, to brush up the skills. And yeah. what I tell people is try to keep it short, five to eight images from from one day or one event that you go to and always remember when you want to tell the story without writing something yeah. about it um see it from the point of view of a person who doesn't know what you were doing so you need an uh, entry shot you know where are you use a little bit wide angle so that you, that you know uh, the the viewer establish, can, yeah, can their establish location. the establish shot exactly and and tell the story from there and in the end you have five to eight images um, that that should tell the story about what you were wanting to describe, mm -hmm. and I think if you if you get good at that, you you are very very far ahead in, in photography if you if you manage to do that. Yeah, and and it's it's just fun, and it uh, pushes you to go out there and uh, and get out of the, your comfort zone. You know, if all you do is street portraits or all you do is photographing, you know, um, more a minimalist way, um, then uh, then doing something completely different will spice it up. And I think it's you know a, a street photographer who always needs to travel to to be happy is not going to be a happy, you know, very happy street <laughs> photographer. You know, I'm, I'm having fun, you know, photographing the streets of my city here because there is always something different to see. And I think you need to keep that, um, to keep that in mind, uh, where you are is somebody else's vacation destination, you know, possibly. And mm -hmm. so, yeah, it may seem boring to you, but it's, you know, it's not for everybody. And, uh, and there is always, you just have to learn to see. If you're missing, if you're bored with your environment, and of course, if it's a little village, yeah, it might just get a little boring after a while <laughs> for a street photographer. But if you're in a, in a fairly good sized city, if you're bored, then you're missing something. And you yeah. need to go out there and, and, uh, and, and look for it. Yeah. I think, yeah. And then how about setting some limitations? Well, you do that with film because you should film quite a bit, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but the limitation doesn't have to be only shooting no. film or, or limiting yourself to an X amount of images, which in general is a good thing to do, I think, because on on shooting film was number 39, I think, that, that we talked about that. So mm -hmm. the listeners who haven't listened, we, you had a little panel on yes, with uh, three other street uh, photographers who... who no, four? Were we four? I don't know. It was know, four of you guys, four, yeah, four, and me. Four of us. <laughs> we, still, we still shoot film uh, on the streets. And that's a great, I, I love that. You know, mm -hmm. right now I'm taking a little hiatus from digital and I'm running around with my, my Leica and, and uh, 36 frames of images. And, you know, often I come home with 20 images taken. It's like, gosh, I still have 14 <laughs> or 16 <laughs> yeah. to finish the role. And it really feels like, you know, with the digital, you would have already run up to 100 maybe. But yeah. uh, with, the, with the analog, you just think a lot harder but limitation can also be um one lens fixed For focal sure. length mm -hmm. and that's that's, and that's the one also, i recommend 
Yeah, yeah that's a recommendation that we both make very mm -hmm. often because having a fixed focal length, one lens only, like we have on our X100 cameras, uh, a 35 equivalent, gets you so much more active in this in the scene and of course you can't take a picture of a bird five miles away but that's not what you're out for exactly. start to discover what you can do with that lens and mm -hmm. what you do with a fixed focal length if you want to get the shot um, at the angle and and uh, with the background that you want to you have to move around and mm -hmm. every time you move around whether front or back or up and down you're changing the per perspective and yeah. you don't change your perspective just if you zoom into something yeah. You're just cropping. And this is something when people, you know, these, these zoomed images sometimes all look similar and, and look really compressed. Um, I think it's very important to learn to, to, to move around and, and find um, the right spot for you to take the picture. Mm -hmm. For sure. So, uh, so that could be... Uh, that could be a project in itself, you know, setting mm -hmm. some limitations um, to your photography. And, and if, especially if you getting bored with your own city and the streets that you've walked up and down a million times, then yeah, then just see them through a different focal length for the first time. Or, um, or you know, just try to find ways to spice things up a little bit if you're getting bored with your with your environment because there you shouldn't be it's the street there are people and uh and their stories so um i think it's important to keep that keep that fresh and yeah. uh, and never never always don't always wish to be traveling to uh exotic places because uh you should be able to do your best work in your own environment really i think <laughs> Absolutely. I, maybe I can just go a little red hole here. I've, mm -hmm. I've uh, had a chance to to try out the the Leica Q camera. Yes. Um, Leica uh, asked me if, or I asked Leica if I can try this camera. And they said sure. And we have a little event here in Hamburg. If you want to want to participate, there's a street photographer. You might have heard of him, Bruce Gilden. <laughs> like, yeah, heard a thing or two about him. Um, they said we have an event here, so you can you can try out this camera for three days. And there's a workshop, and you just participate, and you can take the camera out. And uh, so I was like, okay, let's see how that goes. And uh, Bruce was like I expected him to be. Mm -hmm. <clears throat> and uh, his style of street photography is, is, you know, very into the face with the flash and everything. And for me, you know, this was my home turf. A lot of the, the people traveled from far away to, to get to this workshop. And there was only, I think, 10 people of us. And I was, I think, only two people from Hamburg. And so he said, okay, I want you to do the Bruce Gilden style. I said, okay, this is Hamburg. I'm not going to go with a flash, but I'm going to try what kind of getting like close. you do. Mm -hmm. Getting close without a flash and, and doing it my way. And uh, that was, at, you know, I don't really enjoy this photography. I've shown, you, I've shown you a few pictures and I haven't really posted them online because <laughs> this is not my typical style of, of street photography. And, you know, with the privacy laws here, it's a little bit difficult. But I really had fun doing mm -hmm. this. You know, this was something that, that I usually don't enjoy, but it was a challenge. And yeah. I went out on my streets and, you know, I started, I, I have my places. I know where the sun usually is in a good place to go at what time. But it was just fun to go out with a completely new mission. Uh -huh. And um, although I'm not going to be doing this a lot, but for that time it was, it was really interesting because I saw my own city, the streets, which I walk on a lot in downtown in a completely different angle because I do. Oh, for sure. Yeah. yeah. So that, that was fun and uh, sometimes challenging yourself. And you, you just said, talked about the weather. Um, you know, it's too cold. Of course, if no one is on the street, it's, you know, you can document that too. But it's, you know, if you, if you like the human element, 
it's difficult, but I do go out often in bad weather. For example, rain. I love oh, rain. Oh, yes, rain I is, love rain It's wonderful too. to take pictures. Mm -hmm. You have to watch out a little bit for your camera because both of ours isn't weather sealed. But um, usually they do take a little bit of, of uh, water and you can just carry an umbrella. And if you have autofocus, you can just uh, use, use the camera one handed. And um, I think that's also good. Yeah. Good uh, way. Don't don't wait for the for, for the sunny weather. Go out in bad weather. The rain, you know, umbrellas. There's so many great opportunities. I think shooting shooting in rain. Yeah, so. I I always um, I that's one weather that I enjoy particularly. Actually, is is rain uh, for sure more than snow. <laughs> <laughs> it's just it. You can be a lot more creative. I think uh, yeah. in the streets for sure with the reflections and such. So um, so those were some project ideas. Now, um, some some resolutions or is there because I feel like sometimes it's, a you know, the f New Year is a good time to say, OK, I'm, I'm going to do more of this or less of that or um, I'm going to start putting more intent. I'm going to be a little tougher at editing my own work. So a lot of a lot of resolutions we can uh, we can uh, make. Uh, this time of year not that we'll keep all of them you know that's uh, usually <laughs> usually we're uh we uh we don't keep all our resolutions but what uh do you have any anything that uh you're gonna try to stop doing or do less of or do more of in the coming year that's ph photography or even social media related yeah that's you know, I've been pretty good about that in 2015 mm -hmm. to to do some things differently than I've done before. And I think I'm going to go with a lot of this stuff that I've done um, photography wise, taking pictures as a photographer out there I'm, I'm in, in how I am on social media. I think it's going to stay pretty much similar to what I've done in 2015. Um, but I think that, you know, I'm, for me, the resolutions are more going to be concerned about what do I do with my photography regarding doing projects and workshops for others. and those things but that's that's not really of interest i think to to the audience but maybe i can give a few things to the audience which i think a lot of people sometimes neglect a little bit and mm -hmm. maybe give it uh, to them as an idea and the one for most thing that i see on social media so much is please spend more time working with the gear that you have <laughs> yeah. rather than, the, than thinking about the gear that you want to have next and i see this over and over and over and I know gear is fun. <laughs> it's always fun to see what's out there. And the rumor sites are doing really well because people love rumors discussing. But please spend less time thinking about what next camera might be uh -huh. on the market eventually one day. Work with what you have. Because today's cameras, and Valerie, you know, we, we come from the film days. And, yeah. and uh, you know, there was a lot of limits just ISO-wise. Or, or if you want to shoot fast on a sporting event and you only have 36 per roll, you constantly do switch. That was difficult. But today the cameras are so powerful that they most likely be able to do the job 99% of the time for what you needed. Concentrate more on what you have and, and, and how to make your gear work for what you want to do. Mm -hmm. I think um, that's uh, that's really something that I want to give uh, the audience uh, to think about. And, um, you know, I, I shoot with 65, 70-year-old analog cameras and they can't do anything that our modern cameras do or a lot of things they can't do. But still, you can get great images. You yeah. just have to know how to work it. And, and, and maybe 2016 is the year that um, some of you may just want to invest in a, in a trip somewhere instead of gear. 
Uh, or a workshop. Or a workshop. Just yes. in your education rather than new gear that's just not going to make you a better photographer. But yes. but uh, inspiration will. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For yeah, sure. I, definitely. I think I think this is this is the single most important thing that I would give people as a resolution for 2016. Think less about other gear. Uh, yeah. Work with what you have and, and improve uh, your skills. Yeah. And anything for you? Anything well, that, that um, you? I, hey, I just I just finally joined Instagram. So I already was <laughs> uh, one of my resolutions and I'm two <laughs> weeks ahead. So um, otherwise, first, yeah, social media, uh, probably spending a little bit less time uh, or manage it better. It seems like mm-hmm. it just sucks you right in. And I usually post and get out. But then I'm mm-hmm. tempted to, you know, answer questions and things mm-hmm. like that. And and then and then you get kind of sucked into it. And now that I've added Instagram, I was like, OK, I have to answer questions there or reply to comments and such. So that's a tough one. Yeah, I think um, social media, maybe it's probably good to to cut down. I, I'm mainly on Twitter mm-hmm. and uh, I'm not on Instagram. I'm not on Facebook. So so all these I, I'm on oh, Google yeah, you're Plus, saving but a lot only, of time. I only post there because it's good for the to, to be found on, on, mm-hmm. on Google search. That's the only reason why I'm doing that. I'm not really I never understood Google Plus well enough to to interact. I still don't know really how that how that goes too well. So maybe maybe cutting down on, on social media. It, it's difficult because I know Instagram, probably you have your first experiences now. I think it's it's pretty hot right now, pretty hot market, mm-hmm. and I'm sure that you you find new followers and maybe people who want to to um, when they get to know you be on the workshop. So it's a kind of advertising. I understand. Yeah, but, but you I, have to I, kind of balance everything. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. the the fragmentation. You know, it's a lot of work. So that's why yeah. I said for me it's Twitter, and um, yeah, people can ask me right away. I reply, and I don't have to look at, at five, six different channels. Yeah, that's that's actually yeah a good way to do it. And I think it's it's good to do. And and a lot of my uh, photographer friends who also you know do photography for a business are much more spread out than I am on social media. I I try to limit it, and I'd rather do less but better. Um, and not just spread myself too thin mm. because time is is so precious, <laughs> and and I already feel I already feel like ugh the days are just not long enough. But mm. um, otherwise, um, yeah, I'm, I have a lot of things. I finally my my ebook should be uh, going to layout pretty soon and should be coming out. I have a lot of other projects for 2016 um, that I'll be discussing on, on later shows. But I think in general, um, if I can give one piece of advice of good resolution, is just to put more intent in in your photography. I mean, we have the luxury of the unlimited shutter clicks, you know, <laughs> at no cost uh, with our digital cameras. But, you know, I think it's important to know to know what you want to say and know why you choosing this aperture or this focal length or this focus point before you press the shutter and put more intent into it and not just shoot, 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 shoot and, and hope for the lucky shot. I mean, I know in street photography, um, sometimes it really helps to to shoot more because you, you need to capture that right step or that right gesture and so forth. But um you know, sometime it may be a good time for a challenge to to limit yourself too, and um, at least know why you you know don't rely so much on post processing. I, I tried to get my work pretty much 
the way I want, you know, I crop in camera as much as possible. I really don't use post-processing as a tool to save the picture because it, it, <laughs> it's not going to. Uh, so I, I really put a lot of intent in what I shoot. I don't shoot a lot of frames in a day. Um, because I'm kind of lazy and I don't want to have to look through all those pictures either. Exactly. But yeah. it's, I think yeah. it's important to, to really, and it comes back to the limitations again, it's just to put more intent, think before you press that shutter, know why you make those decisions. Uh, and I know when you're in the street, you have to think so quickly, but, but that's part of the skills and that's part of the merit of a great photograph is to, it, it should not be a, a lucky shot among hundreds, you know, there should be more consistency. And, uh, and I think that you can only achieve if you put more intent in every shot or click. Don't you, yes. don't you agree? Um, I totally agree. I, I don't do this, uh, uh, spray and pray. Yeah. <laughs> the serial images, I, I do single manual, uh, exposures, single shots, as I've done with all my, you know, my, my film cameras were all manual, analog, manual focusing, and only one click and then I have to, uh, you know, yeah. advance and <laughs> yeah. then the next click. So you were, I was never fast enough. So I had to uh, find the perfect timing, the decisive moment, how, how Henri Cartier-Besson named it. And I think that's that's what's really count. And that's my challenge. That's my mm -hmm. everyday challenge. Yeah. I don't even think about that anymore. And if I miss the shot, first of all, if I miss the scene, if I wasn't fast enough to have my camera ready, yeah, that's, that's the, I deserve to not get that image. Mm -hmm. and the same with the timing. If I missed it, you know, how are you ever going to get better if you're not in control of what you're doing? Because if you're shooting serial images and you only pick the best one in the end, the camera did the job. You didn't do much of that. You only yeah. have to find the, the image and edit it. And you and I, we both don't like post-processing much. So, you know, <laughs> no. looking through 20 images from one series, I was like, I, I, I would not like that. So, I know. I, I mean, um, I will, I'll go into burst mode occasionally. But actually, I, I won't even bring those pictures. I mean, if there are four or five pictures of a similar scene because I really wanted to nail that, that right step, I'll, I can see it on, my, on the back of my camera. I'll, I'll delete the ones I don't want. I can tell right away these didn't work. But you're right. I mean, although, you know, it saves the day, uh, you know, when you do it, it just you don't get the same satisfaction. For sure, yeah. as yeah. if you uh, yeah. and 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 some will argue that why does it matter? It's the end result, and you still you're able to see it in a series of images which one worked and which didn't. Uh, true, and and I and I know you know I've 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 done it. I do it occasionally. Still, I I, I do uh, multiple frame shots if I'm working on some really tough silhouettes, and I know I have very limited time, and I find the right subject, I'll put all the chances on my side, but I don't get the same satisfaction in the end. And that's what yeah. matters to me. It's the satisfaction I get. Yeah, that makes a difference if you're an artist mm -hmm. and you love your work and what you do. And and uh, if you're really proud of that, or if you just uh, almost say like a machine, you know, yeah. it's like you could you could send your drone with uh, serial images shooting through the city and you just pick the best images in the end. That, yeah. that's, that's my personal opinion. And uh, um, I, I'm happy with the way that I do it like this, and uh, yeah, you do I know it. we both agree. Very yeah, you, on that one. I, I do. I I don't do manual focus. I do. I use autofocus on mm -hmm. my on my Fuji. Um, I mean, I do let it do a lot of the work because I think we already are. You know, it's difficult enough to find to see the right moment and capture it. So definitely, um, you know, let the camera do do a lot mm -hmm. of the work. But um, 
But see how it works for you. I I, I think it, it's different for everyone. I mean, yes, mm -hmm. the image it's the end result that counts. But um, what matters most is it the the likes you're going to get for that picture or the satisfaction of how difficult it was for you to actually capture it and the satisfaction of having that great photograph that was a super big challenge and you nailed it um, without putting all the, you know, without using all the tricks that you could use with the camera. And Conveniences. So, you know, that's the thing too. Uh, it's, it, we're doing this for ourselves. And yes, we all like the, the, the likes and the pluses and what have you and the, the hearts on, on Instagram. <laughs> But uh, uh, when it comes down to it, you know, it's your, it's your photograph, it's your vision, and it's your satisfaction as an artist that mm -hmm. should really matter. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah and I, I do sell as fine art, my, my prints. And mm -hmm. um, some of the pictures that I'm not proud of, <laughs> they might never make it there. So I'm kind of curating my images by how I feel about the whole process. If I got the good scene, if... Um, I earned that image and I, I do because I don't do the serial images. So, so that to me is, is just the process. And yeah. that's sometimes when you think, okay, artists think differently than like business people because yeah. they would just go. Yeah. And if you're commercial photographer or sports photographer, yeah, I used to do sports apply. photography yeah. in fashion shows. I did serial images mm -hmm. there. You know, it's, it, it, that's a matter of survival. Yeah. But on the street, it's art for me. And, and since we don't have anyone telling us, okay, bring back three shots of people with white hats. And we, don't do that. <laughs> we can do this for ourselves. So yeah. that, that, that's, of, of course, different. So definitely, I mean, there's there's a reason why it's there. And it's it's a big improvement over analog days, yeah. certainly. But not when we're talking about street photography and the art. I think we both are more uh, yeah, putting more intent into your work, trying yeah. to get that image right right there. And another thing maybe to, to add to that. I'm a big proponent of printing your work. Yes, that was Everyone going to be should. my next point. Yeah, <laughs> Everyone should do that because for me personally, a great image is not done until I've printed it. And if I don't print the image, if I don't print an image, it just didn't make the cut to represent my best work. And a lot of people always, you know, we hear this, I have a problem that, uh, you know, I have five images, which one is the best, which one should I pick of those? Um, with time, I think if once, once you invest some money into printing does cost money you, you start to be selective and mm -hmm. uh, if you have these images around um you know i hang them i have, I have frames where i can hang pictures and change them inside the frames and i have some boards like these book boards mm -hmm. these, these uh, you can even buy them at ikea and um, i put these prints because i print on, on fairly thick paper um i just lean them against there without a frame even i have a little white frame around it because i don't print uh, the full image Uh, on the on the sheet and i just have them sitting there on, on a board and on a shelf and i look at them for a week and then i think okay this image i still like because yeah. i walk past it a couple of times a day you know sometimes i only i wait this long to put it online because i, I need to see it i need to feel this image and uh, i think this is something a lot of people have just lost the the urge to print because you can see it online but seeing it on a screen It's and different. go to Flickr, you know, and you right click next, next, next. The mm -hmm. speed at what you look images, you will never be able to appreciate an image the same way you do when you when you have it printed. Do you print your own work? Yes, I okay. print my own uh, because I do mainly black and white, mm -hmm. and uh, black and white printing in in labs has never really worked well for me. I often see a, a color cast in there yes. or a mm -hmm. tint, 
And I think it's because of the paper, or what no, does that? I think, of course, the paper is something to do with with uh, it, it can appear in a different tint, but um, most of these labs print RGB. Oh, that's you know? right. Yeah. And, and when you print RGB, you ha always have a mix. If you take the uh, magnifying glass, you always have a mix of uh, color that should appear black in the end. And here I have one of those big Epson printers. I think it has four or five black and gray uh, tanks in there, which is throwing mainly um, the black and, 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 and gray tones for my black and white. So I can choose that. I can completely switch off the colors. And depending on the paper that I use, it does sometimes add a little bit of color just to counter mm -hmm. the own color qualities or, or appearances of the paper. So it does use, although I only print black and white, it does use a little bit of color, but just because it, it basically equals that out. And okay. that has worked perfectly for me. So, I, you know, five yeah. minutes later, I have a big print here. And uh, somebody suggested this. I don't remember where I heard this recently. Um, maybe it was one of those uh, resolutions for the New Year's or something or tips. Uh, maybe print, be so selective that you print one photograph a month. Which will, you know, make you um, work at editing your work and uh, just just limit yourself to one print a month throughout the year. Really, your best shot of the month. And really, if we have one shot in a month that is print worthy, we're doing pretty well at the, as a street photographer. Yeah, Bruce Gilden even said, if you have one a year, yeah, exactly. After fifty years, you have fifty. Not just yeah. good images. I mean, perfect where everything yeah, yeah. worked out perfectly in street photography, where it's yeah, a lot of tough. coincidence and skill yeah. uh, all mixed together. Um, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, but one a month that would be print worthy. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's a pretty good crop. Uh, I think uh, that uh, you're doing pretty well if uh, if if you can if you can do that. But it's a good exercise. I mean, they don't have to be perfect, and as much you know. It's, perfect on the street is is a tough one and maybe it's not the perf you know sometimes it's the imperfection that makes the image extra special but and the uh, story yeah and the story but something that you know you'd want to be you'd want to see on your wall or you think is really print worthy so just that really teaches you to be very selective and that's hard we're because you know what someone may think oh that would be so great on my wall um, is going to be different for the photographer who actually captured the scene because we have the emotional attachment to the image. We were there. So for us, something that's going to be, uh, that's that means more to us, it will mean more because of that, because of the moment we, we were there, where somebody may look at the print completely differently and for different, and like it for different reasons or not like it for that matter. So... Yeah, so it's uh, that's a, another good exercise, um, and then and then also um, by putting more intent, also only show your best work on social media. I mean, not not your best work of the year, but your best work on your photo sh on your photo walk, for example. You don't need to just after a photo walk. I think people will just put okay, all twenty shots or that or that turned out, but try to. Uh, be more discerning, you know, and uh, and only show maybe the best shot of your photo walk and see what the reaction is. Because I think a lot of people actually post on social media like a whole bunch of images at once and nobody really has the time to look through that. And um, I think if you're a bit more selective, uh, you maybe you'll get more feedback too. Yeah, that's also a little bit the danger of... Uh 
having these like iPhone cameras and Instagram because yeah. that's what I see a lot. People tend to shoot a lot of images and just upload them. And um, that's that's when we have too much images flooding and no one knows which yeah, look anymore. That's, that's true. That's, that's that's one problem. Yeah, I totally agree on yeah. that one too. Yeah. So, well, great. Well, I think that uh, that give our our listeners quite a few things to uh, to chew on <laughs> as they're starting their new year. Um, any any one book more. or yeah, go ahead. One more. Always, always, always take a camera with, with you. you. That's right. Always. Mm -hmm. There's no excuse today that, that someone shouldn't have a camera with them all the time. If you don't have a camera, you're not going to be a photographer. You're not going to improve. That's and right. it's so easy. There's nice, small, compact cameras out there today. Yeah. Uh, if it's the iPhone, it's okay. To me, an iPhone is not a complete camera because I have too little control over it. Uh, I like a little bit of control on my on my cam camera. So um, I think it's very important. If yeah, you, you couldn't you you manual focus. Yeah, it's too difficult. It's too slow at the exposure, you know, the, the time and the shutter speed. That all doesn't work for me. Sometimes yeah. it's good to have it. And I do take some iPhone pictures every once in a while, too. But uh, especially in scenes where it would look funny, someone is really close and I can't yeah. raise my camera. It's too obvious. Then I just use the iPhone and pretend that I'm just uh, answering some message and just happen to click That's right. <laughs> the button to get this image. That's okay, I think. But yeah. if, if you if you start having a camera with you, you're going to start looking at the world in a different way, I think, and yeah. start to find those moments that you want to capture. That, that's true, yeah. But and any camera will do, you know, don't yes. go out there and invest. Nope. Um, that, uh, yeah, the, even if it's the phone, it will work. Just learn to see and learn mm -hmm. to see stories. So mm -hmm. awesome. Do you have any uh, book or any web recommendation too that people can go to for inspiration? Um, for inspiration, I have a few things that I recommend to people. Uh, one would be watch at least two TED Talks per week. I mm -hmm. think most of the audience should know what, what TED is. TED is it's yeah, a conference where people big. speak about oh. all different kind of things, science, technology, art, creativity, uh, human relationships, everything in there. And there's a lot of inspirational stuff that people talk about. There's some about photography, but it's not only about photography. I think it's just very important sometimes we are in our daily routines, we're getting up in the morning, going to work, uh, you know, family things on the weekend, we need to do the shopping. And then at the end of the day, it's like, where did all the time go? I think it's really great on, on Apple TV. TV there's a, a TED a channel that you can uh, subscribe to or just, just an app that you can yep. open and uh, do just just look at what people do and how inspiration can be and think about what you can do you know mm -hmm. i think i think that's something that i would recommend then i would always recommend if you have the chance go to photo exhibitions or museums yes uh, to to get ideas and and also think about what did the curator what made him pick this image and mm -hmm. i have to tell the truth sometimes i'm standing in a photo museum and i'm thinking yeah i'd really like to know what what were they pick thinking <laughs> <laughs> yeah, or, or some yeah, art in general. You're like, okay. <laughs> yeah. Yes. And uh, maybe for photo books, um, I have started a couple of years ago where, where I said for my birthday and Christmas, I don't wish for anything else but, but photo, photo books. books. Yeah. And, you know, over all the time I've, I've uh, collected quite a few photo books and there's still many more that I might want to have because a book I look at more often than some bookmark on a, on a web page where I saw some of the images. A book is just still more valuable to me. I'm just a print guy. I'm haptical and I need to have this in my hands. And um, this year I got three 
photo books from three different photographers that I would like to to point out. Mm -hmm. The first one, and this one is a pretty obvious one, and I didn't really ask for it. And I, it, it's the book from Vivian Meyer. Mm -hmm. um, I I think it's too obvious. I, I you know I've, I've watched the, the the film, the movie Finding Vivian Meyer, and I wasn't too happy about it watching it because it kind of destroyed the whole story for me because <laughs> I. I this idea from looking at her images and then you hear the story behind it and now I can't get it off my head anymore. But her images, you know, it seems like she was so so secret and hidden and she just loved photography. And if you look at, at the images that she took, she was a really, really good speed photographer, at yes. least those images that I've seen from the collection. Mm -hmm. You know, she was, she was in some images were as good timed and captured as some of the big names that you... Oh, that you and you see a lot of ago. other, you know, you see a lot of the master's styles in her, mm -hmm. some of her work yes. and she wasn't yeah. obviously influenced by them not that exactly. we know of and it that is amazing yeah i've it seen is, several of is. her exhibits as well oh. and yeah I, I'm, I'm just really sad that we never had the chance to hear to have her mm -hmm. talk Story. about her work to yeah. have her curate you know what did she see and now we have other people talking about what it could have been and this is a little bit of sad for me because i think as an artist if she would have been out there like like um um the big names that we know and talk about her images and, and what she saw there and what made her go out i think it would have been great but anyway get this book you know i haven't even read the pages which are printed on there because i think it goes along probably somewhere uh, the story that i've seen in the movie i just looked at the images and, and let them let them uh, resonate with me and i, I really enjoyed that and yeah. another person that i really like is uh, maybe some don't know him yet is saul lighter yes i really um, like his work color bad weather and there we go again in rain yeah, this rain. guy pure art <laughs> yeah. he goes he went out in the 60s 50s and 60s and you see color and rain bad weather and you you think these images you can't take better today yeah. you know it's it's just uh, amazing i love this guy mm -hmm. and uh, you know we've we've all done these foggy windows and, and yeah. colorful umbrellas and stuff and each of us who's done this a long time can find of similar images in your portfolio and i went back to, to, through my portfolio because I thought I have something which I mean, with reflection and, and, and raindrops yeah. which might be similar so that's a great one and the last one is a photographer that we lost in, in 2015 is Mary Ellen Mark yes I really liked uh, like her images uh, although it's a lot of documentary but she did it in a street way where she let the scenes happen and just captured them and I think uh, with her you can really tell I, I think you can tell that she was a woman um, because she found uh, the scenes i think she, she she found a way to to capture an emotion in there sometimes i feel like especially she's done a lot of with kids you know with younger kids yeah. or teenagers you know with uh, i think like uh, teenagers who had babies at a very young age and stuff like that so she documented that and i always felt when i when i look at her images it's like a caring mother mm -hmm. who captures this and uh, i i really enjoyed uh, looking at her her images and yeah. uh, I'm happy that I got this book this year. Great. Yeah, I, I got a, a few books as well. And same thing. I just uh, that's my favorite thing to uh, to receive more than gear. <laughs> Actually, I get more excited about a book than than a lens. Um, the decisive moment finally got my hand on a copy of that because it was um, so it's it was um, it was out for a while. You couldn't find copies unless you wanted to spend couple thousand dollars mm -hmm. so yeah. uh finally got got that and uh the quality uh, did you did you like the quality 
Is it a good print quality? Yes, it is good, and it come. I was really impressed. It's huge, and it comes in a box, and mm -hmm. yeah. You don't you don't have it yet? No, I don't no, have it yet. No. Um, so I uh, just and I haven't you know spent a lot of time with it yet because I've had so little t so little time for leisure. Uh, <laughs> but during uh, the the holiday break here, I'm gonna take a little more time. But um, And so many, so many great books. I mean, even if you can't afford to, you know, libraries still are still around <laughs> and they usually have a pretty good uh, photography selection. So, uh, or even going to a bookstore, you know, mm -hmm. now bookstores are, have coffee shops, you know, that's yes. because they want you to take the book and look through them. So uh, spend, spend some time just looking at, at art and photography, uh, art in general, but specifically photography um, from uh, from the masters, because that work was curated. We it, no, it's not thrown into Flickr, and mm -hmm. for you to <laughs> to weed through, you know, it's it's only their best work. So it's uh, it's great great way to get inspiration. Yeah. Any any last tip? I think we pretty much uh, yeah. covered a lot of stuff for, for the audience <laughs> to think about. Yeah, no, I think uh, no, that's uh, maybe, maybe stop stop chimping is another thing maybe I want to give uh, on the road. <laughs> oh, uh, that's why it would be hard for me more, to do. More yeah. on the scene, you know, because <laughs> while you're chimping, you might uh, lose uh, the next best uh, perfect moment. That's to true. Maybe that should be my uh, my New Year resolution. <laughs> <laughs> And uh, yes, just just get out there and really have fun. That's really um, and also I think a lot of photographers and I just wrote an article about that. There are many ways to shoot street photography um, and you don't have to to be good at all of them. You know, maybe your personality is just more to be. Um, you know, more minimalist and just being in people's face because a lot of people think, you know, street photography, you're in people's space and, and right in their face. That's no, you don't have to be. If that's really something that if you're not having fun doing that, then maybe you should try a different approach, you know, or maybe just doing street portraits, you know, can be really fun because then you have an interaction or, or do um, a more minimalist way, like I often do, you know, silhouettes and so forth. Um, that's very artistic. Uh, so there is a challenge in every way you approach street photography. You just don't have to enjoy every different way. Don't you agree? Like, I feel like sometimes people want to fit in the mold, but they don't have to. <laughs> No, you don't have to. I, I just had a big speech here in in, in, our, in Hamburg about street photography, and I brought 140 slides. And this was an audience. It was about 100 people, creative people, um, that I just wanted to show what's out there in street mm -hmm. photography. And I said, okay, there's these different kind of subgenres within street photography yeah. approaches. And I said, you know, find what you like and start off with that. And maybe, you know, a year later or so, you, you start enjoying something else. I think yeah. it's a very diverse uh, genre. Yeah. And even Bruce Gilden said street photography is one of the most difficult uh, genres in photography because yeah. there's so little control that you have. Very true. And there is an approach that will fit your personality. But mm -hmm. it it may be it definitely will be different from one person to another. So um, even if it's a little intimidating, you know, maybe if it's not fun, then try something else. It has yeah. to be fun. And if you're mortified every time you hit the streets <laughs> and it's just gives you so much anxiety, then maybe you need to change your approach a little bit. So mm -hmm. don't don't feel like you have to just fit into a certain mold. 
I think it's yeah. uh, another tip. So there was a tip galore today. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's uh, wish our, our listeners a happy new year since this is going to air on New Year's Eve. So yes. in German. Frohes neues Jahr. Very good. Bonne année and happy new year. Marco, where can people go see more of your work? Uh, on my on my website, I can be found at uh, marcolarousse.com. That's M-A-R-C-O-L-A-R-O-U-S-S-E.com. And like I said earlier, I can always be found on Twitter. That's at Hamburg Cam. So Hamburg for the city and Cam for camera. And um, one more thing I'm doing, uh, oh, oh, we're doing the We Shoot Fuji podcast. So if you have time next to Valerie's, maybe if you want to tune into that. Uh, and one one thing, uh, street photography related, I'm doing a weekly street photography pick for PhotoFocus. So every Saturday slash Sunday, depending on what time zone you live on, live in, there's uh, one picture that I that I pick from the PhotoFocus Flickr group, a street photo that I liked uh, very much, and I write a little bit about it, a little critique what I liked about it. So um, if people want to check that out, or if they want to submit some of the fo- uh, their street photos to the PhotoFocus. Uh, Flickr group, I, I might pick one of them. Great. And I'll, we'll put the links on the show notes for yeah, sure. Great. Awesome. Okay. Thank you, Marco. Take care of that cold. Thank you. And uh, <laughs> get healthy again. And yes. we'll, I'll, we'll have you on the show for your top 10 tips pretty soon, too. So right, watch great. for that in 2016, people yes. out there, because uh, Marco always has great tips. Thank you, Valerie. Happy New Year. Thank you. Banane. Happy New Year. And we are at the end of another episode of Street Focus. Please head over to thisweekinphoto.com slash street to subscribe to the show. And don't forget to leave a rating on iTunes and maybe even a comment. My name is Valerie Jardin, and you've been listening to Street Focus. Now it's time to grab that camera and hit the streets. Hit the streets.